When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Regular listeners know that I'm a big fan of mountain biking at night and having a reliable bright light is crucial. Glowworm is a mountain bike light brand founded almost a decade ago by two mountain bikers in New Zealand. And today the company offers some of the most customizable, highest quality bike lights on the market. Glowworm's complete line of lights start at 1,200 lumens and range up to a blinding 3,400 lumens, all at reasonable prices. There are a few things Glowworm does differently that makes their lights unique and highly customizable. The optics can be swapped at home depending on the types of trails you ride, and their lights use standard GoPro-style and quarter-turn mounts. Many of the lights work with a bar-mounted remote, which can be used to control one or more lights at once. Right now, Glowworm is offering 20% off all light systems on their website with the coupon code SINGLETRACKS19. Go to glowwormlights.co.nz, that's G-L-O-Worm, L-I-T-E-S, dot co, dot N-Z, or click the link in the show notes to take advantage of this offer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Jero and Matt and I are going to talk about some of the places we visited this year with our mountain bikes. So, Obviously, we do a lot of product reviews and things like that on the site, but we also get to travel a lot as a part of that and ride different places and check out different destinations. And this year, between the three of us, we've been to a lot of different places all over the world, in fact. And so I thought it'd be fun to just share a little bit about some of the places we went, some of our favorites, uh, some of the most interesting or extreme places we visited. And I want to start off with Matt and talk to you about your ride along the White Rim. I know this is a trail or a route that a lot of people maybe are familiar with. It's a famous bikepacking route in Moab area. And you got to do that recently, sort of this fall, right? What was what was that like? The White Rim Trail was a press trip invite we got to go out with Hydro Flask company, bottle maker, cultural trendsetter right now. And they're they're making some uh, some more mountain bike packs and products. So yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good way to test out the pack, see if it actually keeps water cold. It's like go ride 30 miles a day in the desert. We had rim tours. I'm sure most or a lot of people are familiar with them. They've been doing these kind of guided tours in the Southwest and Moab for a long time. So, I mean, the White Rim Trail, you can kind of make as primitive or as gung-ho as you want. And with rim tours, it's like it's a guided experience. You know, they're taking everything for you. They have a truck that follows along. It's not like right on your tail or anything. Cause that would be annoying. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's at least like, at least like five, 10 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes behind. It's out of your way. It doesn't really ruin your experience. And you know, they'll carry your packs for you. They make lunch for you. They make dinner, breakfast, pretty much everything. So anyways, back to the trail. It's depending on how you do it. We did it from a point to point. And there is a road that connects it. So if you take the road that connects it, it makes it 
an even hundred miles, I believe. And so in the end we did about 88 miles between three days. Okay. And so, yeah, you can start at either one point or the other. We started at Schaefer road dropped in there. So it's like you're dropping in kind of higher above down to the right or to the white rim. And then you're just following this double track dirt road along yeah, close to 90 miles. Wow. Yeah. Not too technical. It's, Really not too rocky. I ended up doing it on like a Santa Cruz Bronson aluminum 27.5, like 150 mil travel. Wow. Sounds like overkill. So like I, I think the an XC29er, like if you had a 100 mil 29er, even like one of these newer gravel bikes, like 50 mil travel on it, I think you could get away with most of it. But yeah, you probably want to be on like an XC29er. Yeah. So it's really not too rough. You have kind of some sketchy descents over these passes and stuff, but it's just loose and and um, kind of like that ledgy, rocky stuff you typically find in Moab. Yeah, and that's a pretty cool one because it's it's limited to a certain number of people that can do that route every year, right? You need a permit. You can't just like roll up to the parking lot and go out and ride the white rim. You got to have permits and everything. So that's cool that you're able to do it, you know, with an organized group like that. Yeah, it's. It is, it's pretty controlled now. And I think the park service in 2015 even put it under a little bit tighter control to where they're restricting even the day permits more. Oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, for a national park, like, and it's a way different experience if you go, what, basically across the street or down the street to Arches, where it's like traffic's backed up for a half a mile to get into the park. And Arches is still really cool. It's, it's a really unique experience. And, but the White Rim is, yeah, it's, it's very primitive. It's very backcountry. You know, it's something that, if you want to do it, it, it takes a lot of planning too. Um, cause there's no, are no water stations out there. There are restrooms every 10 miles, but oh, wow. it's like, yeah, you need to pack your own toilet paper and basically, yeah, find a reserved campsite that is not going to be booked out to, you know, find one that's going to be open within the days that you're attempting to do it. And then, yeah, depending on how many days you want to do it too, it's like you've, you've got to plan all the food that you're going to bring unless, you know, you hire a, a tour guide, mm-hmm. but yeah, it could definitely be, you can tailor the experience to be what you want it to be. So like, I think it'd be really cool to go back and do it on like an XC 29 er or a gravel bike and try and do it in a day or something like that, which would be really hard, but yeah, I think it'd be a cool challenge. Yeah. Interesting. So Jero, I know you traveled sort of all over Europe this summer. Was there anywhere that you visited that had like a particularly backcountry feel to it, sort of like what Matt maybe experienced at White Rim? Good question. I would, mm, I would say, coming from a part of the U.S. right near British Columbia, backcountry is not a term I would use anywhere, almost anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in, Europe. in Europe at all. Wow. Yeah, but any, did anywhere feel like it? Like where you really just felt like you're far away from civilization, even if you weren't. Hmm. I would say up around the Matterhorn, I did a ride with some friends where on the Italian side where we, we rode up, we took the chairlift first and then climbed another maybe thousand feet, descended into the valley on the other side and then hmm. hike a bike back up and descended back to the car. And that was maybe like a, I think an eight hour day and we didn't see hardly any people. So that for sure had a little more of a backcountry feel, but at the same time, like we were within an hour of a village if we really needed to get to a phone so it wasn't yeah wasn't super wasn't super remote yeah so where was sort of one of the more technical places that you were able to ride this summer i would say actually some of the most technical riding i did was also around the matterhorn 
we the trail that we descended is a really old hiking trail and like you know it's kind of a scramble hiking trail as well there's no like real clear footbed it was it was definitely like something where you had to have your wits about you the whole time it was really it was a lot of fun it was one of the most enjoyable rides i did this year cool well it looked like from the pictures uh from your trip to the czech republic there was a lot of like slabby rocky stuff was that was that pretty technical or did it just like look really big in the pictures it looked really big in person as well (laughs) (laughs) but uh kind of once you got rolling on it it was a lot easier going and easier to ride than it looked like the the rocks were all kind of put in a perfect way so that the trail was narrow and there were ledges on both sides but there was plenty of grip and you just rode on the rocks and it was fine it was a it's a really cool trail building style like straight up flintstone looking stuff yeah, it was, <laughs> it's really neat super unique yeah and then from there i would say some of the EWS tracks that we rode in Yamnitsa in Slovenia were also, some of those were like super technical off camber routes and, you know, like definitely tracks that were designed with the intention of being difficult to ride and, and they were properly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the trails I rode this year was the dark crystal trail in Whistler. And well, I should say too, first, this was my first time riding Whistler in the bike park and sort of visiting that area. And that was a blast for sure. But I found myself enjoying the technical trails there a lot more. And, you know, you're talking about the routes in Slovenia, the dark crystal trail in Whistler has got tons of roots it's really steep and slabby and really different from the stuff that we ride here in the southeast you know we have rocks and roots but the trails just aren't as steep and i'm not sure why that is i feel like if we built trails that steep here they would just be like eroded within a year you know like we get really heavy rains which is kind of different than whistler i guess um and so yeah that stuff would just get really rutted out but in Whistler, the Dark Crystal Trail is one. It's a really difficult trail. I, I guess I didn't realize what I was getting into when I decided to do it, but it was really, really cool and just really different, you know, just really like dark and dense and mossy and all that good stuff that looks really awesome in pictures. You know, to actually be able to do it in person was pretty awesome. Sounds sweet. Yeah. Matt, you also went with me to Whistler. What was your impression? It, that wasn't your first time there, but yeah, what did, what did you think about the trails this year? So I, I rode a little bit more single track outside of the bike park too this year and ended up riding microclimate on like the same morning that you rode Dark Crystal and just didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are like almost parallel trails and you know, same mountain over in Blackcomb. But kind of same experience, like that the microclimate was again, super steep. Like it drops, I think more than a thousand feet over a little bit more than a mile. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like you're doing a push up the whole time going down the trail. And it, yeah, it's interesting riding those kind of trails outside of the bike park too, because like Drew, the way you were kind of talking about the trails in, uh, Yamnitsa, where it's built to be really, really difficult. Like even most of the stuff they build within bike parks, you know, you can go on a double black downhill trail and it's really difficult, but you go up to 
certain lines and there's a clear line that's like, okay, that's the one I should be riding. But then you kind of check out some of this stuff outside of the bike park, like probably like an EWS track or these ones in Whistler. And it's like, you pull up to a section and you have to look at it for like maybe even a few minutes and like, okay, where's the line? Like there's no clear definition of what or how you're supposed to ride it. Yeah. And at least in my experience, like a black diamond in Whistler is much different than a black diamond in Colorado or a lot of other places I've been really. So yeah, it's fun. Like it's, it's fun checking out the natural side. And this, I feel like a lot of people that go to Whistler, they're only going to ride a bike park and they're not going to see that single track outside of it, but it's really, really worth checking out. I know the Whistler bike park's like so esteemed and everything. You should definitely go, but the trails outside are, are just as cool. And they're like bike park worthy. You just have to pedal to them. And <laughs> then you have like the epics, like Lord of the squirrels and stuff too, which you haven't done yet. But I hear that one's pretty amazing too. You just have to climb like 4,000 feet to get up there. <laughs> right. So small detail. Yeah. Well, speaking of climbing, Jero, I know you did a lot of enduro style rides, even raced some enduros. What were some of the biggest climbs that you ended up doing this summer? I think maybe the longest ones were in the Transvarita race, which is a, it's a multi-day race on the Italian French border. Mm-hmm. And we had, let's see, there was one ride, I think we pedaled for like two hours and then we carried our bikes for roughly another two hours. so and it was like there was no way i mean you on an e-bike you couldn't climb it it was just like yeah too steep too technical it was a pain to walk up so (laughs) was it worth it though for the downhill it was it totally was a really interesting day so that it was a stage where there wasn't really a trail for the first like there well now there wasn't a trail for the first uh like just under half of the stage whoa you just were racing they put like two poles, like ski gates at different points in the fields on the way down this hill. And you just went like free ride across the mountain. Wow. Cool. And you had to make it between the gates and then point to the next set of gates. And sometimes they were on the other side of a hill. So there would be somebody like (laughs) pointing you to where they were going to be. Wow. Yeah. It was a really cool, unique, uh, kind of a little bit in the vein of mega avalanche kind of stuff, but much shorter. But yeah, it was a it was a really cool element of the the event, and then the rest of the race the rest of the race was on you know kind of regular single track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was neat for sure. Yeah, it looked like a really cool race. Yeah, it was fun, and there's there's several races like that. I mean, that one was based on the Trans Julius, which is a race in Slovenia, and there's several races like that popping up all over. Just like two or three day kind of fun enduros that are like yeah, there might be a really long climb, but there's you don't have to do it quickly. You can kind of like hang out with your friends and talk and you know, it's not, there's no huge rush. Yeah. The race is on the downhill. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They're pretty fun. Yeah. And you recently got back from Greece. Was that your first time mountain biking in the country? That was my first time going there ever. And it was amazing. The trails we rode on Mount Olympus and the trails were fantastic. A bunch of old footpaths, like most stuff in Europe, you know, kind of recovered paths that used used to go from one farm to the other or they were munition trails in a war or something like that and you know so just really nice natural trails with no berms no jumps that aren't natural like just like they're difficult because you know no machine has been down them yet so yeah interesting a lot of fun there's really good stuff going on there and they're they're working hard to make it even better like those guys are doing tons of work to build more trails so it's only going to get better 
Interesting. Yeah, I imagine the soil and stuff there is pretty like rocky and dry. Is that kind of what you found there? In Greece, it actually was, yeah, it was a mix. There was some loam, like we went from the very, not the very top, but the top, as far up as you can go with a mountain bike on Mount Olympus. And I think we went through probably like three or four, maybe it's not the right word, but seemed like ecosystems on the on the mountain. I think that's the right word. The soil totally changed. Everything seemed to change. I would say Croatia was really the the dry, rocky place. Like huh. on the trails there, that was the last trip I just went on. Like if your tires touched dirt, it was decomposed rock that had turned into dirt. Like <laughs> every, everything, everything there is a rock. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was a. Their trails are are totally different and also really fun. Yeah. Matt, you wrote a number of sort of rocky desert locations yeah. this year, right? St. George and Fruta. What uh, what was that like? Yeah, lots of lots of desert time, which is pretty cool. I always enjoy the desert. Yeah, most recent one was St. George area for me, and I actually never even went into St. George. It's just the <laughs> closest big town. So we stayed in Apple Valley, which is kind of across a mesa from Virgin, Utah. And basically, like with the time allowed that we had there, we only got to ride one trail system, which is the Little Creek Trail System. It was really, really cool. Kind of big sandstone playground. And we went with Over the Edge bike shop down there, and they've got other shops in like Fruta and Sedona. And uh, so, yeah, basically what we found out about Little Creek is like you want to have a local or somebody to show you around to because it's there's... The trail's not really marked, hmm. so you need to know where you're going in order for it to be a trail, yeah. or else you can get really, really lost. Over the Edge Ride goes on every Saturday, so if you're interested, connect with them hmm. if you want to ride Little Creek, which is really cool. And that's like right across from Gooseberry Mesa, right? And I've heard some people say that it's it's like as good or maybe maybe even better. Gooseberry definitely gets more of the traffic. And it's like eight miles of dirt road you have to follow down to get to the Little Creek Trailhead. But then again, it's like along the trail, you have so many different little sandstone features and rocks to pop off and play and have fun. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a big skate park, basically. We did spend a day checking out the old Rampage site for a story we were working on. And it was pretty amazing. You know, it's similar to the way, like if you've seen Red Bull Rampage on TV, kind of the way the mountain follows where people will go up and build these lines down. But it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a, a free ride haven down in that area. Yeah. And it was super busy when we were there, like dozens of riders. Is it like open to the public now? Yeah. Yep. Totally open. So, I mean, you can pull in, you can camp near it. There's a BMX track near there, basically right at the base of it. And yeah, it's like you can hang out kind of lower and hit these big hip jumps. That's where a lot of people were warming up. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you can climb up as high as you want. So they have the King Kong trail there and then flying monkey and, you know, checking it out on a map or whatever before we went, I was like, oh yeah, you know, like, cause I've got that Rocky mountain slayer in for testing right now. I'll take that out just in case. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm not, <laughs> not ready for that. So no interest. It's super gnarly. Like, yeah, it's kind of surprising. There'd be dozens of people there. Like you wouldn't think dozens of people would want to ride those lines, but. That's cool. Yeah. And I get, I could get like the sense that there was a decent local scene for it too, which is crazy. And now you've got professionals that have grown up in the area that are competing in Rampage. So it's definitely lending to uh, the development of mountain biking in that area. 
that, yeah, that people can go out and ride that stuff and, and progress on it over time. So it's just super cool to see. Cause I mean, most places like you never get, you, you don't really see those kind of areas with just those big free ride mountains and everything where people can just ride it however they want. And it's all BLM managed. So you can go out and dig accordingly and responsibly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, one of the trips that I did this year uh, was the opposite of the desert. I went to Wisconsin during the polar vortex, if anybody remembers that thing. And I, I was really stoked for the trip. You know, the opportunity came up and they were like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to go to Wisconsin in winter and check out the fat biking and do some other winter stuff. So, you know, being from the southeast, I was like, heck, yeah, I love love playing in the snow. But it happened to be the coldest, I think coldest on record up there in a lot of places for the days we were there. Oh, wow. Got, it got down into like the negative thirties Fahrenheit at night. And during, we did a fat bike ride that it was, it was definitely like negative teens, maybe negative twenties. I don't know. But, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed doing that. It's definitely something different. And you really get to appreciate like all the gear that you need to get out there and, and enjoy yourself. But once you have the right gear, you know, I found that it's actually, it's fine. Like if you can ride in that, like you can, you can basically ride in anything. So nice. it was, it was cool. And, and I got to, you know, honestly, there wasn't a ton of biking that we did on that trip. You know, we did a lot, like I got to drive a snowmobile, which I never did before and went ice fishing and yeah, just a lot of like winter stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just really cool. And it's cool to see all the work that's being done up there in uh, Northern Wisconsin around the cable area uh, where they're building a lot of trails, you know, they, the cross country skiers and the mountain bikers really work together to like keep trails open and, you know, they groom them and have them all set up for cross country skiing and a little bit of fat biking in the winter. And then once summer rolls around, they switch it over and, you know, the bikers take over. And I mean, in a lot of cases, it's the same people, right? They are just switching out their skis for bikes. And so, yeah, it's really cool to see that bike culture happening there. That's like a year round scene. Jero, is there anywhere uh, that you found particularly surprising in terms of the mountain bike culture? Like, was there a place you visited that maybe people haven't heard of or thought of as a mountain bike destination, but where you found a lot of people that are into the sport? I think I'd have to go back to Slovenia again. That place was just amazing. Like the trails were fantastic. Some of the best trails I've ever ridden, honestly, really great hospitality, good food, even for vegetarians, <laughs> you know, like kind of, I don't know. I was just like, man, I got to move to this place or something. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, and it was like everywhere we went, I think we traveled to six different kind of main locations mm -hmm. and we just barely scratched the surface of the places they have to ride. So yeah, cool. Yeah. It was, it was super good. Yeah. And, and kind of, I don't know, a lot of the places I went had that, had a similar feel. That one just stood out the most, but the Czech Republic had really just tons of riding. I had done a race in the Czech Republic before, so I had some idea that there was some decent mountain biking there, but mm -hmm. it was even better than expected. Yeah. Yeah. There's really good, great trails. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there are active mountain bike communities all over Europe. And was that earlier this year that you went to the Emba Europe summit? 
Is that right? Yeah. So that was in Denmark, and it was in a in a town called Silkeborg, which they're kind of trying to turn into their like outdoorsy capital. So there's there's all sorts of stuff to do there. And I would say that town was a super cool example of what folks can do with not a whole lot of land and no elevation. Like, <laughs> yeah, we climbed their biggest hill in like four minutes, but they still had fun trails to ride. And, you know, and they were like building trails for families to ride. And we saw like families with kids out going mountain biking. So, I mean, it was yeah, it was uh, no lip service. Like they're definitely actually getting used really well. Uh, putting money into it and doing a lot of good work. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, one of the other sort of big events that Matt and I went to this year was the Sea Otter Classic, which happens in Monterey, California each year. And, you know, the riding there in Monterey and at Sea Otter is not great. You know, it's a lot of, like, fire road, kind of exposed trail and stuff. And, and honestly, I don't think either of us really got out much at the event there and like tested bikes like we have in the past. Um, but both of us did get to ride the day before the event in Santa Cruz on some of the trails there. I was testing out the new Ibis Ripley and I think Matt got to get on board the new Santa Cruz. Was it the tall boy or the high tower? Mega tower. Oh, the mega tower, right. The, the other one. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was amazing riding there for the first time and seeing the trails there. You know, a lot of them are, I guess, still unofficial, like not necessarily bike legal. But, you know, obviously a lot of mountain bikers have worked hard over many years to build the trails. And it's just so fun and scenic, like really beautiful to be there in the forest with these like giant trees towering overhead and and the soil is like pretty loamy stuff like i don't know what did what did you think matt it felt a lot of it felt like it rode similarly to trails in whistler or bc yeah um like some of our kind of steep fall line trails and then you got jumps mixed in there too so it's definitely you know i'm sure part of this is why it's unofficial uh and why the trails are so good because it's mountain bikers going out there and building it so it's meant to be ridden by a mountain bike. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And, it. and it's, it also feels kind of like BC with these huge towering trees and you're really deep in the forest and everything. So, yeah, I would say too, Bellingham, Washington had a similar feel. And I guess, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's all up sort of the West Coast and Pacific Northwest vibe. But, but yeah, I mean, that's still a long distance from Santa Cruz all the way up to Whistler, but it is amazing at how similar some of the soil is and you got the big trees and like the dark forest. And I, I just loved, again, Bellingham is amazing in terms of the people building the trails there and maintaining them. And I found just so much variety there too, which was really awesome to see. Like you have some of the slabby rock faces that you can ride down and then you've got like more sculpted like flow trails and just technical rudy stuff and just yeah I, I love i definitely want to get back up to that area again uh next summer and ride we'll definitely be going to crankworks in whistler but yeah any other excuse i can find to ride basically california washington oregon i think i'll jump on top of that Matt, one of the places you went also sort of in that zone is Sun Valley, Idaho, though it does have a, a really different feel to it, uh, even though it's kind of geographically like up in that corner of the country. What do you think of the Sun Valley riding? 
It was different. There are definitely a lot of trails up there. The stuff we rode was was very buff. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we were there in June, so it was an insane, like, wildflower blooming season, too. So it was just full of, like, color. We ended up doing some, honestly, it was probably about 50% gravel riding, too. Mm Mm-hmm. The dirt roads are really nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's not a lot around Sun Valley. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty remote. Yeah, and it does, like it feels. So for two of the rides, we went to the same network, and you know there are definitely people around on the gravel rides. Like I went out the Sunday morning before I left and went into the Sawtooth National Forest, mm-hmm. and it got pretty remote quick. And then running these signs about grizzlies and mountain lions, and you're like, okay, I should probably pedal back to town. <laughs> yeah, so I'm alone. But yeah, it Sun Valley itself feels like more of kind of a ski town culture, you know, and the mountain bike presence is definitely blossoming right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have a lot more trails than what I rode, but yeah, it's really, really pretty area. Definitely worth checking out more. So one of the places that our sort of extended team got to visit that was pretty far afield was Bali, Indonesia. So Greg Heil, uh, he used to work for Single Tracks, got to go out there on a press trip. Uh, none of us could go for some reason, which is kind of crazy. That, that was a kind of a trip of a lifetime, I guess, uh, to ride mountain bikes in Indonesia. Not a lot of stuff happening in Asia, like as far as, as far as I know, I'm sure there are a lot of great trails there and it's, I'm sure this is a scene we'll be hearing more about in the coming years as mountain biking spreads to these places. But yeah, that looked like a really interesting trip. Jero was kind of the farthest afield that you traveled this summer. Hmm. I think the furthest I got from home, let me think about that. Well, I went to the U.S. That counts. <laughs> that was, right. yeah, that was pretty rode, far. You rode in Oregon, right, over the summer? I rode in Oregon, North Idaho. Yeah, almost made it to the Canadian border, but we turned around. Wow. But in terms of yeah, European trips uh, away from home, I would say the trip to Greece. Uh, we went to we met in Thessaloniki, which is in the northeast of Greece, and uh, and rode Mount Olympus from there. And yeah, I think there they said there's like three or four other good trails systems trail networks around there and then there's trails even on the greek islands so there's a lot of riding to be done there probably best in the winter when it's not packed full of tourists yeah right on <laughs> <laughs> so yeah are there any that we missed jero we kind of bounced all over the place but uh i know you you did a lot of traveling germany you're there for Eurobike. probably didn't do a lot of riding but no never didn't didn't sit on a single bike in Eurobike, that's for sure. That, yeah. How's that possible? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He's allergic to e-bikes, that's why. Yeah, I don't really care about riding e-bikes, especially on flat ground. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's not my jam. <laughs> I mean, I rode a, a several different cool places in France and Italy. I rode in Canadze, where I've ridden a few times, but I was there to cover an EWS race. And then I did a pairs race in Les Arcs and then went to the World Cup in Leger. So both of those spots in France were really cool spots to ride. Just steep alpine riding, kind of similar to the stuff we have in Italy. But uh, really good, really fun stuff. Cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, now, I mean, I get, I think travel is kind of calmed down for all of us, at least through the end of the year. But then, of course, we've got stuff plan next year what are some of the places you want to get to next year matt good question yeah anywhere 
be cool to check out some stuff in Europe. I know Joe's got that mostly covered, but <laughs> we can do it together. Yeah. 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 Come give him a hand. I spent a lot of time in BC. I'm already stoked again to go to Crankworks, but um, yeah, definitely be cool to check out some other stuff. California, Southwest, Oregon, Washington. You know, everybody's still talking about Arkansas. Still haven't been there. I think that'd be worth checking out. Yeah, that's on my list. I want to go to Windrock, Tennessee, because I heard that that place is sick. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been either, even though it's it's not too far away from me. Cool. What about you, Jero? You got any any places calling your name for next year? Yeah, I've got a trip planned to Scotland for kind of working on some different inbo stories there. A trip to Poland. Mm. Let's see. Um, some of the guys in Poland are talking about wanting to ride in the Ukraine, but they make it sound a little scary. Really? <laughs> They're like, you have to bring bribes for the farmers. I'm like, I don't know about that. Wow. And I mean, an Uzi. might skip that ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, just some different places in Italy as well. Uh, There's supposed to be really good riding on Elba Island, and I, I haven't been there yet, so I'd really like to check that out. There's some races and just cool riding going on there, like volcanic kind of trails. So yeah, I'd really like to, to go ride there and see what's going on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt. Arkansas is on my list for sure. And it's like every year they keep opening more trails. So, you know, you got to, I guess you got to keep going back or I don't know how long you could spend there. I mean, it sounds like you could spend weeks and still maybe not ride everything. Uh, but I definitely want to get a taste of what it's like out, out in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. Um, and then I haven't been to Sedona yet. So that could be a cool one at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the Sedona Bike Fest. I guess that's that's probably good timing. It's like February or March or something, so like early season riding. And then, uh, yeah, I got at least one press trip that I got my fingers crossed is going to happen that could take me to the other side of the world. So that could be that could be really cool. Yeah. So lots of good good stuff coming for 2020 for sure. I think it's I think it's cool. Especially here in um, all these places that you went to, Jero. Like, I think if you're a reader in the U.S., you're paying attention to a lot of U.S. media outlets and the trails they cover. And you know, obviously, it's going to be more stateside. But to hear about so many developed trails in like so many different European countries, yeah, it's just pretty. It's pretty cool, and it makes makes me feel like the sport is even bigger than I think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's a really good point, Matt. Yeah, mountain biking is it's an international language unto itself and yeah, it's cool to see what people think is cool in Europe and yeah, just I I keep going back to the pictures from the Czech Republic like those trails just look they look so awesome and like creative and you know, like people are like, "Hey, this would be cool to ride bikes on. Let's do it." And and all of us agree like, "Yep, that's cool." Like no matter where we're from, we know that that looks awesome and we want to do it. So, yeah. And, and that's what, you know, that's kind of what was at the start of single tracks was for us to explore on our bikes and find different places to ride and see how they're different, how they're similar and, and just exploring different locations and now cultures and things. It's, it's just really cool to see that, that vision realized. So yeah, we've got a tough job, but I think, uh, I think we can get it done <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, this was, this was fun. Like 
reminiscing and thinking of the places we rode this year and then uh, also looking forward to the ones we're going to ride next year. If you missed any of the stories or any of the coverage that we posted from these places, definitely go on single tracks and check it out. You know, block out a couple of hours because it's going to take that long to look through all the photos and things. You know, Matt's got amazing photos from Utah, the Red Bull Rampage, and uh, all of Jero's photos from all over Europe. Yeah, it's just really cool. So be sure to go on the site, check it out, use the search button, and uh, find a new place to ride and get inspired. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Peace.